What is up, guys? It's me back again with another podcast. Now, in this episode today, um, I'm going to be talking about a little bit of movies and how uh, the shooting of movies has changed uh, from the 2000s up until the teens. Um, go over exactly like what's changed uh, as far as CGI, the way cameras look nowadays, uh, how the uh, actual picture goes on screen, and... Um, a little bit more about a couple of other things, uh, a little bit of some news here and there, um, but also uh, going to be talking about something that is near and dear to my heart, which is pool. Um, so all that's in today's episode, so I hope you guys enjoy. Let's get into it. Now, the first thing that I'm going to talk about real quick is um, the way that movies that are being shot has changed um, since the t- early 2000s to the mid-2000s, and then to the teens. Now, if you really want to really put this in a category, I'm kind of going to be talking about, for the first part, movies that were shot from 2000 up until about 2000 and 2011-ish. Okay, so from 2000 to 2011, which is a 11-year um, gap. Um, so... Here's what I'm talking about, right? So let's first go over the way that movies look. Um, so from 2000 to 2011, you could kind of see a clear difference in between how movies sort of look. And what do I mean by that? Well, this is what I mean. So if you watch movies that were filmed in that period, um, you can kind of see that it that the backgrounds and the lighting is a much darker tone um, than compared to movies back than compared to movies that are made nowadays, which are more light, and it seems like it's more it's more lit than movies back then. Not like not like you know lit like eh, you know not like that. But I'm saying like if you if you watch two movies side by side, one from 2018 and one from 2003, you'll notice a big difference in the way that the lighting looks. Now, you kind of have to really be a movie geek to kind of really see the fine difference. So, for example, um, in 2000, let's say uh, a good example is Lord of the Rings or any type of drama um, from the 2000s. Um, you, could, you could see a big difference in the way that the movie looks. Uh, for example, Lord of the Rings. Now, in Lord of the Rings, it was a very dark, dark uh darker sort of lighting uh, it wasn't very lit it was it was sort of like if you ever look outside and it's a partly cloudy day outside but there's still some light getting through it's kind of like what it felt like back then watching movies but in 2012 and to 2000 and even 20 you can see movies it's kind of like now it's where the movie now looks like it's it's a bright day outside, nice and sunny, with a bit of cloud coverage. Like it's it's such a big difference now. And to me, honestly, that's why I enjoy watching movies back that were made in two thousands a whole lot more than I do now. Not saying movies are now are like bad or anything, but I really like the way that they were shot with the lighting because it just it just gives a bigger tone to to me about the feel of a movie. Um, another thing that's different is the way in which that movies are sort of how do I say this that are sort of written the the scripts the structure of the script is kind of different now a lot of you may think that it, it's not but it is and here's what I'll here's what I'll say right 
in action movies and even like dramas, you know, even even um yeah, action movies, dramas, um romance movies, they were more serious back back then. Um from 2000 like 2011 you could see like those three sets, romance, comedy, I mean romance, uh action, dramas, they were more serious. Now what do I mean by that? Here's what I mean. So when you watch an action movie like let's say Avengers, right? So let's say you're watching Avengers and they'll always put a joke in there. Like they'll put jokes in there. And that's what you kind of can see now. It's it's almost like nowadays in the industry it's like how are we going to get people to really come and see our movie? Well, if we add jokes in there, it'll add a great appeal and they'll feel like they're right at home. Now, is this a good idea or is this a bad idea? I'm not really sure how to really describe it. Um to me, it kind of is like a cheap way of really doing it. Not saying that it's bad, but you know, just saying that to me it's not something that I really enjoy. Now, movies back then when they were more serious from 2000 2011, I just feel that it's more of a how do I put this? More of a serious tone to it. I mean, not saying that it's bad if you put jokes in it or if it's too serious that it that it's a bad thing. No, it's not. As long as your movie's good, who's going to say anything about it? But I th- I feel like to me movies back then when it comes to serious tone is just better and even i'm going to talk about this so cgi cgi nowadays it i don't know if it's the new technology or anything like that or maybe it's just the fact that that there's not enough money being put in um, and wh- what do I mean by this? Clear example. The first ever Transformers movie, I believe, was filmed in 2007. So when you watch the first Transformers movie, the CGI, when they transform into the Autobots, it's or even Decepticons, like the transition from them going to a vehicle to that, it looks more real to me. Um, when I watch a film, and I was actually doing this a couple days ago, I was watching Transformers uh, the very first one, and then I was watching, I was watching, I believe it was Transformers 4, and when I watched those two side by side, it looked, like the CGI just looked so different, and when I watched the, the old one, the CGI just looked so much better, it looked more realistic, it had such a crisp, it has more of a crisp tone to it, and what do I mean by that? Meaning that it was more concise, it was more, it it was more, it seemed like there was more tension to detail, and so when when I was, when I was watching the new uh, Transformers 4, um, I, I just noticed the CGI just wasn't there. It almost looked like it was de- like you could definitely tell it was fake. Now I mean, now we know Autobots don't exist, but when I'm when I'm watching the movie, it just seems as if when I'm looking at it, and when they transform from normal cars to Autobots, it, it just doesn't seem as good as it did back then. Another clear example, um, let's say the Lord of the Rings. Um, so, the Lord of the Rings, to me, uh, back then, it, the, so, I'm going to compare these two because I feel like they they go hand in hand. So, Lord of the Rings, 
which is one of my favorite franchises. I, I, I think it's one of the greatest trilogies ever, in my personal opinion. So let's put Lord of the Rings, all of those movies, and then let's compare The Hobbit, which are, is done by the same people. So when I watch The Lord of the Rings, 1, 2, and 3... Now, yes, the one does not have the best CGI. I, I will give you that. Because in one, the troll kind of doesn't look real, but at the same time, it kind of does, um, which I, I will say. In, in The Two Towers, uh, which is the second installment of Lord of the Rings, the CGI is so impeccable uh, with the 10,000 orcs. Like, it, it looks so amazing. And even in the third one, um, with the uh, massive army of orcs and stuff the the cgi just really like comes and it speaks to you and it, it, it looks like that could really exist now in the hobbit i'm not saying they did a terrible job with the cgi in this but it just didn't look as sharp as it did back then it almost seems like they kind of cared but they were like you know what this looks good enough i'm satisfied whereas back then if they were like eh, it's not that good i'm not satisfied i need to finish it where it wasn't, it's it's good enough, but I still want to do better. To now, it's kind of like, oh, it's good enough, it'll pass, you know. Now, I don't know if this is maybe uh, the people that are producing these movies giving the funding to them saying, hey, we need this movie to come out ASAP, and they're rushing them to do it. Maybe that's what it is. I'm not too sure. But in my personal opinion, movies that were shot uh, back then um, from 2000, 2011, just seem a whole lot better, and that's just me. Um but anyways, uh, you know, you guys, uh, you guys, I hope that you guys actually have a discussion about that because maybe, maybe uh, you guys will start to see. Just, just watch, just watch any movie from like 2000. The good year to watch is about 2005 to 2007. Those are the great years to to really compare. And then let's put 2016 to 2018. Like you, you compare those two. Those will be, those will be. You'll definitely see a difference there. Uh, now moving on. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about pool. Now, what am I talking about? Like swimming pool? No, I'm talking about pool cues, like pool tables, um, like the actual sport of pool. I think it's a sport. I do. I think it's a sport, yeah. So, anyways, now let's start out with how I got into pool. Now, when I got into pool, I, it was... About three years ago, when I really started to get into pool, I first watched Snooker, uh, which which is a mainly European slash Asian sport. Um, you can look up the uh, you can look up the rules and what Snooker looks like on YouTube, and it's all there. Um, and so then I came across. I was like, wow, this is actually like really well shot. This must be like a big thing. Um, and so then I came across pool, and I was like, they actually film pool? Like, I knew pool was, like, kind of a big deal, but I didn't think that it was as big as it was. I mean, they have Team Europe versus Team USA, which is also which is a nine-ball uh, tournament. It's called the Moscone Cup. It happens every year. The best from, from the USA and best from Europe compete against each other. And... Then there was a there's a couple of greats like Earl Strickland, Efren Reyes, Mike Siegel, um, Minnesota Fats. Uh, you know the, those are legends of the game, and the, there's there's a lot. And I honestly didn't think that pool was such a had such a culture behind it. I, I really didn't think it had such a following either. Um, 
and the way the way that I really got into pool um, is that I, I play pool about every single day. I'll play for about an hour and a half, two hours, maybe three. If I'm like having a really good day, I'll play about three. And so when I, when I when I you know play pool, I really in order for me to get better, I'll actually a simple trick that I learned was by just watching people. Um, I'll I'll look up videos on Efren Reyes. Earl Strickland, Mike Siegel, I'll watch how they play and how they really attack the cue ball um, and stuff like that. It's really important, like the most important thing that I've learned from pool is that you have to think three shots ahead, um, but you also have to maintain your focus on potting the ball that you are about to hit right now in that moment. It's good. It's a good thought. You're really playing for position for the next ball that is that is coming up, which is a huge thing that you have to really focus on. But you really have to make sure that you pot the ball that you are about to hit in order to get position on the next ball that is coming up, which of course is is in due time as you play more often. You'll get better at. I mean, I'm not the best at it now, but I'm getting better at it day by day. Um. And, you know, I, I competed, actually competed in a tournament tonight, and I came in second place. Whoop, whoop. There was like 20 other people, including myself, um, so 20. And I, I came in second place, so I was pretty proud about that. Uh, pr- pretty proud. Um, but pool for me, it's a great stress reliever uh, with me being in the United States military, you know. There's a lot of times where it'll be, like, stressful, and you'll have, like, a stressful day. And it's it's a good stress reliever for me. It allows me to let's just cool down and just have a great time. And pool for me is a is a good stress reliever and it's a great time. And it's a good time for me and I just like to have fun. It's a it relieves me and really calms me down after a uh, pretty rough day of work if if I have one. Um, now here is a topic that you know a lot of people may or may not think is is really the social norm. Um, which uh, which a lot of people are now changing, um, but I, I I have my own opinion about it. Which is, if you go on a date, should the woman pay, or should the man, or should both of you pay for your meals? Now, for me, I believe that if it is somebody, the person that asks you on the date. So let's say, for example, uh, let's just say a wild one. Let's say Megan Fox. Uh, asked me out on a date, right? I believe that she should pay because she asked. And i.e., if I asked her on a date, if I asked Megan Fox on a date, I pay for the meal, right? And you know, I, I've I've gone on a couple dates um, in the past and recently, and I've come across a couple of people who you know are like, hey, you know, let's go out to dinner, you know, let's go on a date and stuff like that, and. Every woman that I've been on a date with who has asked for us to go out, and it's their idea, they always ask me to pay. And I've, I've always done it because I'm a gentleman and I don't want to be rude. But at the same time, I believe if, if you go out on a date and it's your idea and you wanted to go out on this date, you should pay. Because it's your idea, you are inviting this person to join you at dinner. Now, it doesn't matter what your 
what your uh, sex is, whether you're male or female, it it, it doesn't matter. And t- to me, when when you honestly think about it, I mean, as kids, we were we were taught, uh, you know, if you're a girl, the man is supposed to pay for you on the first date. If you're a, if you're a man, you are supposed to pay for the girl, right? Now, I'm not saying that's wrong to believe in. It's not to, for me. Normally, I always ask the girl on the date, so I'll of course always pay for the first date. Second date, I'll still pay. Third date, I'll pay. After like the fourth date, that's when you know you guys can start saying, "Hey, you know, let's pay evenly. That way, you know that that it's not just me that's paying, or maybe she can pay. It just depends. It just really depends how it works." Um, normally, I will pay probably 95% of the time. Like if there's 100 dates, probably I'll pay like for 95 of them because that, that's just how I feel because I want to be a gentleman about it. But if, if a girl like offers to pay, I mean, why would I say no to that? Why, why would I? Um, you know, it, and here's the thing that a lot of people forget, the tip. Now, let's say, for example, I take you out on a date, right? Let's say I, t- I take this girl out on a date. And, you know, we get there and I'm paying for it, right? Would it be nice if they were like, yeah, I'll get the tip. That'd be phenomenal. <laughs> Save me about a 10 bucks right there. But, you know, and it's vice versa. You know, if, if a chick was to ask me out on a date and she paid for the meal, then I, I would, of course, uh, tip. Because that's what I believe. You know, I, I don't believe in one person paying for the entire meal. I, I just don't find that to be to be right, in my opinion. Now, if if both of you pay, then both of you leave the same amount of tip, right? So she pays for her meal, I pay for mine, she leaves $4, I leave $4, just like that. That way everything's even. But, you know, Social norms, you know, say that the man's supposed to pay and the woman's just supposed to go out on the date, which is which is perfectly fine. That's what I believe in. But if you guys believe in something different, you know, that's perfectly fine. But that's just my personal opinion on it. Um, and here is something that also is possibly maybe maybe to you guys is like. is kind of shocking maybe but to me you know it's, it's kind of like normal um and for me here, here here's what here's what i'm talking about so a, a lot of times you know professional athletes um nba uh basketball players uh football players you know they they a lot of them have a lot of relationship issues um and for example uh, there's been a lot of domestic violence cases that have happened, you know, in baseball, which you really don't hear a lot in baseball. But majorly, majorly, there's two sports: basketball and football. Those are the two professional sports that you hear a lot of domestic violence coming from. Um, and even in the music industry, you you hear about uh, domestic violence cases. Uh, one of the more famous ones is Chris Brown and Rihanna, and I have to say, if you are a woman and you are being abused, seek help, honestly. Like, like seek help in any way that you think. Call the police, uh, get a therapist, 
go move back with your parents, do whatever you have to, you know. Call up a friend, call up your homeboys, whatever, right? I, I have no sympathy for anyone who decides to be abused, whether it be verbally or physically, and they decide to stay with that person. Because I, I just believe, me personally, I just believe that's stupid. And I, I, I honestly do not see the point in why you would stay with somebody that is mentally abusing you verbally and physically. I, I, I just don't get it. Because let's say, for example, I'm being physically abused by my girl, right? And let's say she's hitting me and then she verbally abuses me by saying that I'm a piece of shit and that I'll never amount to anything, right? I'm gonna I'm I'm not gonna come back to that. Cause why would I lower myself my why would I lower my self-esteem and stay with her? Because that, that just doesn't make sense. And I if I was doing that to some girl, I would not want her to stick around. I, I wouldn't. I may threaten her if she doesn't stick around to, you know, that I'll, I'll beat her. And, I mean, that's not right. That's not right for for someone to live in fear. If you live in fear because you think that if you leave that significant person to you that is abusing you, then you, you have an issue. Because if you are just letting that person just do it over and over and over again they're not going to stop they're not going to stop because you keep coming back and you keep saying you keep mentioning to them and you are basically saying to them it's okay that you're doing this to me it's okay that you are physically abusing me mentally abusing me verbally abusing me and I, it's it's pointless i have no sympathy for for any for anybody male or female i don't care what the gender is if you stay with the person that does that to you. I have no sympathy for you. I, I don't. I, I, I honestly don't. There's always a better way than that. It, it, it is. And here's the last thing I'm going to talk about in this episode right here. And it ties in with, with the uh, verbal abuse in a way. Um, speaking of like relationships, I don't understand. And, and this, is, this is something that, you know, is really, really messed up. To me, in my brain, and I, I, I'll, I'll probably never understand it, but I, I don't understand how a lot of women, especially nowadays, um, mainly in the eighteen to about twenty-six range, about that time, uh, women decide that boys that treat them like shit, and who I cheat on them, um, and stuff like that, they decide to stay with them. And I, I don't get that. I, I honestly don't. I've been cheated on, um, and I hate it. I hate it because it's it broke my heart when when I you know when I was cheated on, and it, it's not a good feeling. It, it's not, and I don't wish that feeling upon anybody. And to me, if you're a cheater, you are a piece of shit, and that's just me. Now, I'm not saying that that I want that person to die or anything because that, that's just harsh, right? But I'm saying you deserve whatever you get because of what you've done. You know what I'm saying? I, there, there's a one example. Uh, there was this one girl that I went to high school with and she, um, she, she was cheated on um, by her boyfriend multiple times on multiple occasions. And what happened was is that she decided to stay. 
and I never understood why. And this happened with multiple girls at my at my high school that I uh, I was friends with, and, and I never understood why they stayed. I I could never I could never understand it. Now I get it. Like let's say maybe that was your first. You know when, what what do I mean by that? That was your first time. You know that was the person that you lost your virginity to, right? I can understand that to a degree. I I, I really can. But at the same time, if you are going to sit there and honestly say that I'm going to stay with this person because no matter what, even if they cheat on me, you know, they say that I'm a hoe, I'm a whore, stuff like that. They talk shit about me behind my back with their friends and my friends, and my friends are telling me all this stuff and stuff like that. But you decide to stay with that person. I have no sympathy for you. I don't. Because even if you get your heart broke again, why are you going to complain about it? Why are you going to say, oh, I'm sad because they cheated on me again? No, that's your fault. That is your fault. And I don't think that women should settle for that. I, 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 and, and men. And men too. Um, I feel like if someone is cheating on you, you need to really step back from the situation. Step back from it and say... Why am I lowering myself to stay with a person that is willing to cheat on me? That means that they do not really love me. Why should I stay? And that's just me. And, you know, you can take it or leave it. You can be upset at me, but that, that is my opinion. If you if you literally decide to be like, uh, you know, hey, cheat on me, it's okay, I'll stay, then I have no sympathy for you. I, I honestly, you, you blow my mind, and it, it's, it's amazing. But anyways, guys, that is all we're going to talk about in today's episode. Um, Hopefully, the uh, next episode, we're going to get into a little bit more on the update of uh, the death of Kobe Bryant. Um, Many of you who may not know, um, Kobe Bryant passed away uh, roughly about, I believe it was a week ago. Nearly a week ago, actually. Um, He he died tragically on the 26th of January. Um, It's... uh, we're going to get some updates on that. Um, we're also going to be talking about the Super Bowl, which is coming up uh, this Sunday, which will be exciting. Everybody's gearing up for that. Um, that'll probably actually come out on either Friday or Saturday, uh, which will be tomorrow or the day after. Uh, so it's going to be exciting. We're going to definitely uh, follow up on that. Uh, we're going to give our opinions about that uh, when the whole crew is here. And, yeah, so um, it's going to be much, much more. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm going to play you guys out. Peace.